0: Today on our show, we're counting down the top 10 Netflix originals. Let's go.
1: (laughs) Welcome to episode 379 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And
0: my name is Paul. And welcome to the brand new patron of the show. believe it was Tim. T Bone said he likes that particular opener. So oh, the Avengers! A little bit of celebration yeah. there for that. And if you want to get involved in the show, you can check out the link for the Patreon feed and to see what you're missing out on there. Thank you, Tim, and thank you everyone who supports the show. But today is all about Netflix, Netflix originals, right? Yeah. So anything that Netflix has gotten behind, now it's either produced it directly or it has acquired and then distributed it to the world. But it has the N. <laughs> on the image when you're scrolling through the UI, that's our criteria. Everyone. That's it. It's a little <laughs> bit. Otherwise, loose. it's just like exactly a little bit loose. Now, obviously, we're not the experts on Netflix. That's Netflix and Swill. Our mates Dan and Caleb over there in the US—they review everything we're talk about today. They, in my list, at least. They reviewed and reviewed in detail, so head on over to them and give them a listen and, and tell them we sent you, because uh, good fun show. And the boys have been around for a lot of years now and knew their shit. Damn right. But uh, we're just going to wait in here because we're a little bit worried that Netflix is, well, not on the out. <laughs> no, it's but just that they dropped their sponsorship
1: or subscription for the first and time. They fired lots of
0: employees. and Did they do that? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot more employees Well, than a lot of them were getting uppity. I mean, let's face it. Wayne oh, should never go. run anything. There you go. Ever. <laughs> True. <laughs> so that's what we're doing today. And look, uh, without any further ado, I think we should get into it, Wayne. Let's do it, man. On the other side of, uh, well, this queue, it's all about the recount. Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? The recount is our mailroom. Paul, what's up? Well, Wayne, last week's show was the Top 10 Scenery Chewing Performances. Hmm. And we had fifty six, sorry, 54 votes last week in response to that. And you have won comfortably, but not a smashing. 32 votes to 22. Well played, sir. It's been a while. And it's No, it hasn't. You keep saying this. I'm sure you it Two weeks ago, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Grant Lantham said, Wayne gets my vote for being a card-carrying member of the Scenery Chewing Club every <laughs> week. He is a treasure we must all cherish. Well, Ooh. what hope did I have very against kind, that very particular... Kind. Response: Mina Harker, aka Dan, had neither of you had Jack Black and Jumanji. I'm going to abstain, which means a vote for Wayne. So again, another member hmm. of the Wayne voting block. So there. Exist. Sure. Charles Gresh said, "Very even list, so hard to decide." But Wayne helped me vote for Paul by calling the devil's advocate the devil's own. I know. Not once, but twice. Yeah. Final blow was when he called it the devil's own in his own recap. Lol.
1: You know, when you hit the age that I'm
0: at, people <laughs> shit starts to
1: slip. You know how we do.
0: <laughs> Jesse Dixon said, Wayne for Al Pacino, is such a great call, and great ass! Fair, fair enough. And then Rob Alters said, you both lost, in my mind, due to no Raul Julia as M. Bison from Street Fighter, but Paul lost a little less, so he gets my vote this week. There you go. All right, so well done, Wayne. An easy victory in the end, 32 to 22. Let's see who takes it out this week with Netflix original on the other side of, well, this music cue. The top 10 Netflix original. Beautiful. Is the subject of this week's countdown. We've already talked about the parameters. Let's do this, Wayne. I'm taking away with my number 10. Maybe a surprise to some. Perhaps not. This is my favorite documentary that I've watched on Netflix. It was a Netflix original. It did win the best Academy Award documentary in the year that it came out. I'm talking about Icarus. Oh, what's that? You have not seen Icarus? Nope. Shit. This one's from 2017. It's directed by Brian Fogel and he set out to basically prove how easy it was in the sport of elite cycling to cheat Oh. A la Lance Armstrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go on. If That's pretty cool.
0: All that shit. I've not heard of this one. And what happened was he ends up linking in with a very brave and likable whistleblower out of Russia, Grigory Redenkvich. Brilliant. At its center and the fact basically this guy blows the lid on how much drug cheating there is in Russian sports, Hmm. particularly around cycling and the cover-ups that happen from it. And so much so, this guy had to leave Russia, escape to the US and now lives in hiding. Really? Because the Russians will fucking kill him. Yeah, they'll poison his ass secretly. (laughs) Wow. So he's in witness protection as a result of this film. And really, it's just that you have to get behind the fact that Brian Fogel was prepared to cheat to win at events to prove this. But, you know, it's for a purpose, I guess, so that's okay. But the Olympic Committee is a bunch mm-hmm. of spineless, weak bastards. Oh,
1: it's all about money, mate. Yep.
0: Which just, just shows you now with Russia invading the Ukraine, mm-hmm. how far it's gone for them to ban Russian from Wimbledon and Russians from all the rest of it. Yeah. How much worse this is. When they're just like, oh, we know you're drug cheating. That's okay, unless we catch you out. Yeah, no, tough that. Oh, really? So it's a good documentary.
1: You know, I hear a story that, the thing about lance armstrong and yeah he's he, because he was all the way at the top and then he gets busted and everyone's doing it it's literally a case of everyone's doing it it's just that the us guy on drugs beat everyone else's guy on drugs well right?
0: the same look, i support a football team in, in the australian football league That's which right. got done for a supplement saga and they never got done for doing it they got done for proving they didn't do it so for not proving they yeah, didn't do it. So oh, WADA, yeah, yeah, the West, the World Anti Drug or Anti Drug Dope, whatever the fuck WADA stands yeah. for, I can't remember, came in and just overruled the AFL and banned the players for for tw- well, basically eighteen months or tw- twenty four months, can't remember, which affected them for a whole season. Wow, they took uh the guy who won the Brownlee Medal off in that season off him from our club, Joe Watson, but they never proved they did it, and yet every club has never openly acknowledged this, but it's known. Every club was pushing the envelope in the AFL, and they took the hit for but it. But it was it was Essendon that went too close to the sun, Icarus, mm-hmm. uh-huh, and got burnt for it. So,
1: yeah. wow, okay, that's cool. Um, I still like Lance Armstrong. He's done a lot of good shit. <laughs> you
0: know I mean? He's a cheat. I don't like him. But they're all cheats, Paul. Nope, isn't they all, Pro- they're all cheats? Prove it to me. Okay, isn't that not what the show is about? Or is it only about no, they're saying that Lance Armstrong got away with it? But well, that until he didn't. Yeah, they're showing, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, it wouldn't surprise me, and I've heard stories from elite level heard Australian so- yeah. cycling sport from randoms that I've met literally on a golf course who mm. were telling me stories But when they rode and blah, blah, blah. They juiced. I think cycling is a, was a sport at least that was very badly monitored and badly yeah. checked. Yeah. Well, but the whole thing's in disrepute
1: yeah. now as a result, right? So. Yeah. There you are. Okay, good one. Icarus, nice. Uh, My number 10 is where I lose this countdown, Paul, because... um, (laughs) What what a bold statement. Well, you're all going to have a problem with this, and I'm fine with that, but I'm just being honest with you. During the vid, the Rona, during Mm -hmm. that whole thing, there was one TV show that sort of brought everyone through it, and I frankly liked it. It's Tiger King. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm not going to get down here for that. Oh, I mean, like... It was entertaining. It was really entertaining. And I will actually say to you that, in case you don't know, it's about the... (laughs) I mean, no one doesn't know this, but it's about Joe Exotic, who's this mulleted, gun toady country-singing, polygamist dude who... Operates one of the most notorious big cat zoos in Oklahoma, and he styles himself the Tiger King. This documentary is about all the people in and around that area or that industry that does something similar, which we didn't even know was a thing over here in Australia. Absolutely not. And probably most of the world. So... The show itself, though, being that it's a, you know, yes, at, it definitely came in at a time where everyone was depressed and they were staying home and they had to watch TV and that helped its popularity immensely. Yeah,
0: it was, it was a perfect bottle. It was lightning in a bottle. Absolutely. Kind of timing. Thing.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, I perfect remember um, showing this show to a girl I was dating at the time saying that, you know, this is a big thing that's happening now. Let's just have a look at it. We watched it. We were glued for all however many episodes it was. And the reason was because, and this is to do with the actual production of the show. The way that they sort of unfolded the story for you, at the end of each episode, there was another thing where it's like this guy who's been talking the whole episode, who's considered a, you know, a a, a bipartisan kind of, you know, dude that's like, then it says, oh, he's now got an agenda as well. Now this other person's got an agenda. And it became like, whoa, this was mind-blowing and it was absolutely what we wanted at the time. I need something to distract me from the world
0: right now. And it was still good anyway, though, because it was Big amazing. question, though. Go on, go on. Big question, Wayne. Only, uh, not, not faulting you for yeah, that yeah, first yeah. season pick, but there's a second season. So I'm exactly. hearing. Exactly. Is it? Has it out yet? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying to you. What's it about? Do you know? Do you know? Now, I say this a little bit ashamedly because there's something that's on my list, which I haven't watched the last season of. Go on. But I'll explain my reasons for that when yeah. it comes up. Yeah. I didn't even know that I heard You was didn't com- even know I heard it was could, coming out I thought it wasn't out yet Yeah this is your 10th best show Well uh, to me I'm it's sure just there's that a Tiger Se- now, now you're making me Question myself
1: Hang on There was like There, there was like a, a Final episode that Joel McHale did Which was basically oh, like that, was a, that was shit I watched I that
0: I Yeah it was, that was terrible I, I'm, I'm okay to ignore The shit out of that Because that was just Cashing in like fuckery Now, now let's find out Whether or not There is a Tiger King Season 2 Yeah, out in November last year. Oh, right. Well, (laughs) I wonder how that is. (laughs) Uh, I should go check on that one, people, but I'll tell you this. But I did hear it was really... You know, scraping the bottom. Of the it barrel. would be
1: because all the good material has been used exactly.
0: up. Exactly. Why would, this is a this is a documentary series? Exactly. Why would you leave shit out there? Exactly. Okay, development since sure, but that should um, not be an episode a, to one or two exactly. episodes. Exactly. And by the way,
1: Carol Baskin totally fucking killed her husband and fed him to a tire. Five all episodes.
0: Right. Five episodes four
1: second season. See, there you go. You yeah. can't even make a full season out of it. So yes, but I still think that this is one of this is one of the most spellbinding things I've seen on Netflix. So has to hit my number ten, y'all.
0: All right. Well, I'm going with another movie for my number nine, and this one is a film from Alice Garland, who has another film at the moment, which is incredibly divisive, Men, which I'm looking forward to watching, but I counting or scaling back yeah, my yeah. expectations for it. Maybe we'll talk about the next top ten. Lasted. 10. Annihilation was. oh yeah, great, yeah. This pretty great sci-fi. One of my honorable mentions. Okay, fair absolutely. Enough, yeah, sci-fi film which follows this this. Uh, the shimmer, which suddenly appears in a mm-hmm. particular area in southern Florida, and they send in eleven expeditions, expeditions I should say, into this area, none of which come back, other than Oscar Isaac, right, who is Natalie Portman's character's That's husband. Right. Yep. And Natalie Portman then, and a bunch of women, including Jennifer Jason Lee's lead psychologist, mm-hmm. are sent in as Expedition Twelve to find out what the fuck is going because it's gradually expanding and <laughs> it's mutating the world yeah. within it.
1: I forgot that single white female was in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And Tessa Thompson's in it as well. And
1: Wasn't there some story with this show where it was supposed to be released cinematically and then some shit went down?
0: No, it, exactly. So in some parts of the world, you'll be saying, but I saw this in the cinema, Paul. What the fuck are you talking about? No, in Australia, it mm-hmm. was deemed too complex for cinema-going audiences. <laughs> we're and so they we're too stupid, it. everyone. Yeah, they dumped <laughs> it onto net. Well, Netflix acquired it. And mm. so it's a Netflix original. On the way that we look at it, it has the N in the mm-hmm, image, mm-hmm. but around the world, other places it got released to cinemas. And my review back this year was saying, "This is ridiculous. This would have been so much better on the big screen." And yeah. it's great as it is. No, it was a good show. I remember being surprised at how
1: good it was for a Netflix release, which of course it wasn't. So yeah. previously, so
0: a very entertaining sci-fi. Some people call it a horror. I don't think it is. A-
1: I think I remember what it was. The, the 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 exec who said, hey, we can sell it to Netflix. And instead of taking the risk that it won't go into profit after 30, 60, 70, 90 days, whatever. If you sell it to Netflix, it goes into profit immediately. Right. Small profit, but profit. So that's why they did it. It's all politics, people. Yeah. But yeah, great show.
0: Very think hard. I did a big review on it with Super Movie Bros. That podcast is now defunct, but I think you can still find those episodes out there. Mm-hmm. Dave and I went into real detail about it. So... Uh, Years ago, when it did come out, but that's my number nine, Annihilation. Fantastic. My number nine is a movie that Paul adores. It's called Extraction. <laughs> <laughs> you are shitting Oh,
1: me. man, I love this fucking show, right? Everyone, it's about Thor, and he's a mercenary with a heart, okay? He's, uh, he's Tyler Rake, Chris Hemsworth, oh and he's a mercenary with nothing to lose, and he's hired to rescue the kidnapped son of this imprisoned international crime lord. However, a lot to meet the eye very supposedly... How would
0: you like to suck my
1: bar? Yo, man, let me tell you something. First of all, everyone, there's a factor here. When Paul saw the movie, he missed a line because he was out taking a shit or something, right? Where, l- where, <laughs> where it was explained that Boilers, the crime boss, th- had never actually planned on paying Tyler Rake and was actually using one of his men to actually kidnap the kid back once he got him back. So Paul didn't see that part, and he's like, what's going on here? So I think that's a factor here. There's a factor here. It's not okay? enough
0: to explain this is a rote Very average with a couple of excellent actions. Dude. Those I will totally acknowledge.
1: There's actually a, a video online you can see where, because there's a whole scene here where Chris Hemsworth is escaping in a car, and the camera goes from him jumping off a building into the car, gets inside the car, and you see him driving around. Then it's a, an amazing one-shot where you can actually see yep. what the cameraman does, and he All jumps in the car. All for Great. Great moment. So that's a part of it, but I actually genuinely think, given that it's this kind of a, you know, this this mercenary guy who's going in there, and he's up against, a lot of the times, unskilled, like, children, like uh, Indian kids that who are trying to Kill him. He's actually merciful to them. Like one kid is trying to take him out with a knife, and Chris Hemsworth just blocks each blow easily because he's fucking Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> and this dude's, uh, 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 and instead of killing him, Chris Hemsworth just slaps him, right? Just bang, bang, bang. I'm like, you know what? That's kind of cool. This character got layers. Okay, I think he got that layers. Man. he deals with
0: all problems at work.
1: <laughs> 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 I do slap it a lot, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it was a brilliant film. And Paul Paul has an issue because there's an ambiguous ending, which he oh, thinks the ending is, is a bitch out. The shit. ending is brilliant, people. It's no, just it's, a oh, it's great because it doesn't give what? you the exact. What is things. your mouth? No, no, no. All the dicks, man! At the end, there's just an out of focus, possibly Chris Hemsworth in the background, Ridiculous. which you don't really see, but it's kind of there. It's a very good way to end this thing. I think it's a great watch, people. If you're looking for an explosive time, this is your show. If you haven't seen it already, it I did, mean, I did just spoil it for you, but never mind. It did.
0: Bank on Netflix, and there's Extraction Two coming, and no one knows the details of it. But if it's a fucking sequel, i even son. bigger piece of I'm shit. I'm this. So I think we should cover it for the show. One we'll guy oh, talking. Sure, you probably will. <laughs> All right, good. My number eight, then, my another Netflix film. I know, don't worry, the series are coming and are largely high up on my list. My number eight is the first big Netflix film, which released, original film released, Beasts of No, no Nation, directed by Cary Joji Fukunaga hmm. and starring Idris Elba yep. as the leader of a bunch of child militia in a West African nation. I still who haven't
1: are, seen this because I'm not brave enough.
0: Oh, it, it's harrowing. Yeah, it's disturbing, why. it's dark, it's, it follows... Agu, who's the main character who's basically family killed in this attack mm. on their their hometown early in the film, and he gets conscripted into this sort of army and, and brainwashed to try and become really? part of it. But he's always a bit reluctant and whatever else. And then Idris Elbers' character is leading them, and he's a child molester and just.
1: Oh, really? Oh, is it's that just that bad.
0: Awful, awful film. Fuck. And following sort of Agu's journey as he eventually, well, hopefully tries to get out of there. Beast of No Nation is. Dark. It's incredibly well filmed. I don't think it got the accolades it should have gotten back then. I think 2015 was the year of release. Did it get any awards and shit? It I, like I think it was like nominated it for yeah. an Academy Award, and that's about as high as it went for Best Picture and the like. But yeah, you make a film like this, man. Like it's so it's a brave. Tough. Brave yeah, decision. I know. Very brave. And uh, Kerry Fukunaga, he did James his, Bond, bitch. Yes, he, this was his, sort of his audition, if you will, to mm. take over the reins of James Bond, and did a good job. The issues of that film I have are not direction; they are script.
1: Good example so. of because he did the True Detective, yeah, and he
0: did season two. No, no, one.
1: Did he do one? He I think one. he did two, and it no, sucked. He
0: bailed out of season two. Did he?
1: I'm Pretty sure. Ooh, okay, I will have to check on that. But I remember the writer going,
0: of season one did season two, but the director got out. Oh, I think that's right.
1: Oh, well, that makes a bit more sense then, because season one was the shit, yep. and season two was just shit. So yeah, okay. All right, now
0: look, we're gonna now Wayne's asked a question. Now we need to check. Let's go to your regular appointment Elevated music. All right, confirming. Yes, he only directed the first eight episodes, but he was executive producer for all three seasons. And he did not, and Beast of the Nomination did not get an Academy Award nomination. He got some other film nominations. Oh, okay. So there we are. Worthwhile for that music break. Wayne, over to you for your number eight. Okay, my number
1: eight I did not expect to like. I believe Paul forced me to watch it, and then I watched it, and I said, Good call, Paul.
0: Oh. Fucking! This is amazing. Bird Box. Oh wow, Bird Box, bro. I love Bird Box, and I oh, don't it will know for me, but like down the bottom, of, I liked Bird Box. I did, it's but a, I'm shocked.
1: I know. Well, it's a post-apocalyptic
0: sort of horror story. Yeah, absolutely. It's got some horror elements,
1: and uh, it's it, it's about Bullock, uh, Sandra Bullock. Sorry, she she her ki- her and her two kids flee some unknown global killer and evil that, if you look at it. It causes the onlooker to commit some sort of brutal suicide mm-hmm. and
0: hence the necessary blindfolds. Everyone's running around with mm-hmm. blindfolds. Now, if they're outside. If they're outside, sorry, yeah. And so it's like being in a, you know, the bird boxes, you can't let the bird see anything because it freaks the fuck out. Ah, yes, I can't remember that. <laughs> I just remember that. But what I do remember is that this unfortunately did. Inspire a TikTok challenge,
1: <laughs> which had people I forgot about blindfolding that. and running into shit.
0: Um, which was a bit. Here's funny. my Bird Box challenge. I'm gonna walk across this busy freeway. Honestly, they will do
1: anything these TikTok motherfuckers to get views. It's just nasty. Yeah. But you um, are a sad, strange
0: little man. Tiktokers you have my pity. Well, I think that anyway, I,
1: I'm pretty sure this is one of the best
0: performing originals produced by Netflix. Yeah, it was at um, the time. At the time, I don't probably been usurped now. now by shit like extraction. Ex- yeah. <laughs> And deservedly so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nine, eight, but anyway.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I think that... the re- Well, I liked this one better because for some reason I treated it more... I think it's because it was a horror genre and I liked it more. And I liked it, which means it means more. Shocking, yeah. You know, it should not have been that way. Directed
0: but, by... Sorry, written by... Based on a book by someone who's a lead singer in some band. I right, it says here the Danish filmmaker Suzanne Beers directed directed it. Yeah, no, sorry, not directed, but this is based on a book written oh. by someone... Really? Josh. Someone. I've read the book. Oh, how's the book? Good. Good? Better than the movie? No, not, yeah, not, not demonstrably. So no. there you go. Oh, no. uh, oh, oh, hang on! Someone who read the book first and didn't love the movie. I know. It's no, usually I think the, the movie's way. a good, good translation of it.
1: Yeah, and I think even at the end, where you see some sort of not resolution, but there is a it's it's a satisfying but not entirely satisfying ending, which is probably just the right note to hit. Which is why I liked it. It also looked great. It's a great movie, great looking movie. Josh Mallerman wrote the Josh book. Josh Mallerman, There you go.
0: All right. So yeah, there you are. And he's the singer-songwriter for the rock band the High Strung. Oh, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Mm. There you are. Bird Box, ladies and gentlemen, my number eight. Nice. Um, nice to get that a little bit of love. Mm. I enjoy that film, I think, more than most. I don't know why it is. It's also got John Malkovich, which regular listeners will know Wayne does a great impersonation of John Malkovich <laughs> in ra- <laughs> Rounders of, so can we please have that again?
1: No. I'd prepared on. for it. Uh, wait a minute. No, that was his bad... Ex- he was doing a bad thing. Okay, how about this? <clears throat> Give that man his mien. <laughs> there you go. How's that?
0: It's like he's in the room. You can listen to it all day long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right,
0: by number seven, here is where we get into some uh, series, and this one is gonna confuse the fuck out of people because no one watches this show, <gasps> and yet I think it's really great for what it is. Black Summer, what is it? Black Summer is two seasons of zombie mayhem. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, zombie boy. Tell this us this is us very, about Black very Summer. different version thereof. Not in the fact that it's far zombies, and when they you know so people die. They turn very fast. They turn Skittery. zombies and then they run. Ah. They fucking sprint at you with every intention of ripping your heart slash neck out. So it's, yep, so it's, it's not- that faster zombie kind of more terrifying element. But this show is uniquely presented that it follows a mom and her daughter and a whole bunch of, of side characters. And it's presented, particularly the first season. Well, they do two different things. The first season is presented from a character perspective. So i will be like, Josh. Oh, yeah. Literally, the episode's like twenty to twenty-five minutes, and there's only like I'm intrigued. Not many of them, <laughs> yeah. And it might be three minutes with Josh, but every time we go to that character, the show does this really cool thing in the first two or three episodes, where about half the people that follows it kills off at the end of their bit. Oh, so you think this is gonna be a major character? so no wonder you fucking love here's it. this here's this elderly woman, and she's driving a car, and okay, how's she gonna survive? If, she doesn't. She dies. Like, mm. whoa. So it gives you a lot of false leads. And then by the end of the first season, this is your show. You're down to four or five of the characters who have survived all of that shit. Mm. And then season two opens and they kill off one of those characters straight away. It's See like, Paul gets wood over, over that shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do, because you're always on edge. Mm. Anytime Jamie King is the is the lead actor. Oh, yeah, 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 Anytime you come at Jamie King, even she's not safe. Well, that's the way the show makes you feel, mm. which is a really, really te- difficult thing to do for a for a show, which is ongoing. like American show? Yeah. yeah. Hmm.
1: yeah. Gory I in places,
0: well put together. The second season does a little bit more fucking with the timeline. So we start here and there's a whole bunch of people we haven't seen and then we go back to these these characters and this dude dies and these ones go on and then what happens here and why is she there and and it all comes together by the end and this desperate escape to get away from basically America where the, the zombie plague is is playing worse. They're all trying to get on this plane all these disparate groups are coming together and there's just an orgy of violence and And surprising deaths and such a well put together show, Black Summer. I really dug. No announcements for season three, though. Where it ends, arguably though, it could end there. Not even even on a downer ending, but on a heartbreaking ending. In a way, it could end there, and that'll be fine. And this show will sit at number seven on Netflix originals for me. But I'd love to see season three. How much I enjoyed it.
1: Did you say twenty minute episodes or so? Uh,
0: Twenty to thirty. I think maybe the longest episodes like thirty
1: five. Man, these days a thirty minute show Mm. so much more attractive. (laughs) I have to
0: agree. So much so much but content pack, out there, you they, can get to it. Yeah, look, we're in there's a reason I haven't watched as many movies this year as I normally would have done. It's because there's so much good TV out there. I agree
1: completely. Our end of year TV episode will be oh, interesting. It's gonna be stacked. Yeah. So, know, some
0: great stuff this year. All right, cool. That's my fantastic. seven Black Summer.
1: My number seven is probably pure nostalgia, but I do believe that the way people have issues with this show, but I really, really dug it. The last dance. The last dance. Low. Low Incredibly oh. fucking low Ah now see Paul is a basketballer And Once. he was in the basketballer team uh, a Crew at high school oh, Yes You know uh, <laughs> Where everyone yeah, At the end of lunchtime You wouldn't just put your trash in the garbage can You'd fucking shoot it <laughs> You'd shoot it from across the room <laughs> Every single one of them That's how Person we would define Delivers a facial basketball Oh my Yeah dudes. Exactly. We would
0: just shoot everything into a garbage can <laughs> <laughs> You fucking idiot oh, you'd, also, you'd also hassle people walking past That would happen as well <laughs> <laughs> we also go to the basketball courts and play basketball. Oh, I forgot about that part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the last dance, everyone, is about uh, the fall of 1997. Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, they began their quest to do a sixth, to win a sixth NBA title in eight years, or a, three, a third in a row for that year. Called a three-peat. Three-peat, exactly. And despite all Jordan has achieved since his, you know, whatever, this this show here is... Well, it's it's produced with Michael Jordan and interviews him oh, primarily. Produced
0: by, I think he is a producer.
1: He's a producer. Yeah. Okay. So this and the last dance refers to their their last. They know, knew. They knew. So shot. the
0: the '97, what it was, Chicago Bulls knew that they would never be able to keep everyone together again, including their coach uh, Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. And so this was their last go around because I think the, Jordan said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not
1: playing here unless we have Phil Jackson."
0: Yes. Or something like that. And the, and then the guy who was running it. Jerry something, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Sorry for all the Chicago Bulls fans out there, but he was determined to bring in new blood and try and revitalize. Uh, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So That
1: was the most interesting part yeah. about it. You got this little dumpy motherfucker who's trying to throw his weight around among these literal giants that are fucking like, you know, and this is, it was huge back then. I mean, look, I don't even like sport because I'm not a sporting man. <laughs> but, fair enough, NBA was always the tits because it's a high-scoring game People like Jordan, Pippen, these people, and all those guys. These guys, My friends were into it, Paul and so on. So I got into it, and I love watching basketball. It's and the and only I, game I like. I
0: hated the Chicago Bulls. I was a Detroit Pistons fan. He was fan. a Pistons fan, yeah. And so that, these were the villains, and these were the evil dudes. And so I thought, oh, this is not going to be for me. But it's fascinating. And it's fascinating. And I, and I will fully acknowledge this. By the end of the show, despite all that he achieved, despite all his greatness, despite the fact he is undeniably one of the greatest players, arguably the greatest of all time, yep. the GOAT. He's a goat. In NBA history, mm. Jordan comes off like a bit of a petulant fucking child. Oh, the,
1: the coolest thing about this, actually, there's many cool things about this, but one, I find out shit about Michael Jordan, I had no idea, but like his dad was fucking murdered. And yeah, shit. that was awful. That, I like, had no idea oh, about so. that.
0: I <laughs> to hold that against the man.
1: No, 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 no. But like, I, it, the point is, that this show is access, man. It's so much footage of behind
0: the scenes shit yep. that I had never seen before, and it's displaying all of this stuff here. But you he's s- arrogant. He's, an, he's the, the most arrogant asshole motherfucker and arguably he dragged his teammates to greatness. They performed better because of because that. Because of his arrogance. But the flip side is, who did he burn along the way? Dude. Who did and if he had stopped when he gave it up yeah. and became this contrite, acknowledging person of, look, I know I was a bit of a cunt but I, I got the job done. Mm. I could respect that but he maintains totally his arrogance it. and his assholeness to this day That's to the right. point where he burnt People, Including Scotty Pippen, so hard they'll never speak to him again. Ain't that fucked up?
1: Scotty Pippen was, it was always Pippen and fucking Jordan. Yep. That was the idea, right? And then you hear this sh- Yeah, he burned the
0: fuck out of them. Yep. And Pippen he's Pippen unrepentant. C- yeah, exactly. He's I'm like, well, just, well, this should happen. This guy gets up. You're the greatest of all time. Like, imagine this. Hmm? Imagine we were, for a moment, Wayne, the greatest podcast of all time. Wouldn't imagine. we get up and burn our previous competitors? No. We, we've beaten you. Exactly. Everyone it's knows undeniable. it. But why do you feel the need to stick the boot into someone or something that that still rankles with you, which he did when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame? He is a fucking child. Let me ask you this.
1: As a professional, a shrink yourself, is this like a disorder, something from his childhood, something like that? I don't know what it is. What is it? Whether
0: it was his father's death or what it was, I don't know. I've not sat with a man. I would need Mm. to spend hours with you before I could even formulate even the beginnings of an opinion. Yeah, But- for someone who doesn't like him as a as the mm. best player on an opposition team, yeah, this was great. Dude. Oh my, oh my God, Jordan. You are. You think you're doing a puff piece on yourself and you are shooting yourself time and again in the foot. Isn't that perfect? Stop it's, it. Right. What are you doing? It's almost like watching a car crash in slow motion and I was fucking absolved dude that's the thing about it it's so compelling
1: and you think about jordan like this is one thing when when i my ex, my exposure to jordan was like hey it's the jordan guy with the tongue hanging out when he slams and mm-hmm. stuff like that he's just the best ever but then you find out that like as a kid he just worked harder than everyone yes. else you know I,
0: I, I have nothing but respect for all of that he's, he's an incredible athlete absolutely but he, the best he, athlete i'll ever, stop probably. saying petulant child and i'll say this is a he's a really bad winner oh yeah well that's who didn't someone say
1: because the 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 chatter around the NBA now is like who's the goat is it jordan or is it uh, lebron, james, LeBron james, james kobe bryant kobe bryant and then some i can't remember will, which Stilt. who was it, so it still wins
0: in terms of banging women does he oh, will, <laughs> still, oh yeah twenty thousand.
1: <laughs> will chamberlain yeah uh no but like i think one of the either the coach who had had contact with both of them said what's the difference between these two and he said uh lebron james wants to beat you on the court he will do anything to beat you on the court Michael Jordan wants to beat you in life. Yeah, he e- wants everything. everything.
0: He can't let the guy who earns fucking thirty thousand dollars a year beat him at whatever. Fucking, or what Or that game they yeah. were throwing the thing yes. against? Them?
1: Yeah, and he's like, "I want your dollars in my pocket. Your ten dollars in my pocket." Uh, Isn't that weird? It,
0: it's when you're bizarre. a billionaire
1: and yep. this shit happens. I'm like, "Holy crap, man!" It doesn't. It
0: that's does not a. That's not a good thing. I get why it drove him to be so good, but it's not good to be able to turn it off. No, if to you not be able to turn it off, sorry. especially after you retired. Yep. If you're a guy who's like, you know what? Because
1: everyone, oh, everyone. when
0: fucking Reggie Jackson smoked shit to me, spoke shit to me, or, or one of the Detroit Pistons disrespected me, I'm still going to make them pay. Now twenty five years, it's like let it go. That's man. That's what
1: it is. Because he was saying that, like he, at one of the one of the tournaments or something, there's a guy who was whoever the opposition coach was, just didn't talk to him. And he's like, "Hey, we played golf together. You want to be like that with me? Okay, motherfucker." And that's what he uses to spur yeah, so him I scored on. Sixty. That way. So I scored exactly. He did way because of spite. But that's that's fine on the court. Yes, but now he's still pissed about it. See, yeah, you got to let
0: that shit go, man. Ask
1: any old man like me or anyone even older than me. All right, <laughs> you as a man typically know you were a cunt when you were fifteen because you were an arrogant little shitbird and you had no idea about life, even in your twenties. All right, yeah, yeah. and then you get some some distance from it, and you're like, you know what? I'm sorry I was such a fuckwit back then. I should have been a better man, which I am now. Most,
0: he ain't like that. No, most people are, not. are repentful, are regretful, Absolutely. are open and insightful enough to recognize where they fucked up.
1: Totally. And he's not, which is a hell of a flaw.
0: Because mm-hmm. if you can't get some distance when you're already a man... But that's the great dichotomy of this show. Yes. Is that what drove him to be so good?
1: Well, I would but say it, it is. And, and you
0: can't turn it off. Like, uh Well, if you talk so to That's le- the flaw... The flaw is not how good he was. The floor is that you can't leave it on the court. Exactly.
1: You know, I was watching an interview with uh, Larry Bird. And they were just saying to him... They're just asking him fire questions. And he's like, so, can you still sink it? He goes, no, I can't. I've lost it.
0: I can't get it there anymore. And he was fine with it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a series about Larry Bird. It would not have the same... No way! ...angst and it would not have the same pull because Larry Bird... I think from what I've seen of him, mm. read of him would be contrite and acknowledging he, of himself as a regular slash restricted human being. Yes.
1: Yet he was a, a pretty like I remember seeing Magic Johnson was talking about like one time he was sick. So he just attended the game in a suit and didn't actually play. Larry Bird walks up to him before the game and says, hey Magic, I'm going to put on a little show for you here. Okay. I'll put a little show on for you. And then he goes and sinks some massive three then looks
0: at Magic. Hey, you know, like this.
1: That was him back then. Now yeah. he's not like that. that so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you're able to leave
0: it on the court. Exactly.
1: So yeah, great, great show. Great, great choice,
0: year. but geez, Lowe. Low, okay. All right, my number six is... This This is why I didn't get into you too hard about Tiger because my number six, I've only watched the first two seasons, which was stellar. I watched the third season for a variety of reasons I'll go into That's in a moment. Okay. It's Marvel's Daredevil. Low. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched all three seasons? Yeah. Okay. I stopped at two. And the reasons for this are very, very simple. I heard it was slow to get started. Okay. I can live with that as long as the end pays off the mm-hmm. last two, three mm-hmm. episodes. And the big big knock on this show is this is early, early Netflix. Yeah. 13 episodes. Too many. Every season's 13 episodes. Mm. We know now that most shows that come out are 8, 9, 10. So there's a bit of padding that's in there. However, these first two seasons were fucking great. Dude. This show... I remember
1: we did an entire show on this once uh, back in the day. I think we've done... I think the second season or something. At least second season, if not the yeah. first as
0: well. Maybe the first predated us as yeah, a show.
1: But that's what it was because the... Typically, I think before this, any... And forget the fact that it's Marvel, because it wasn't really Marvel as we know them today back then. It was a Netflix production that used a Marvel character. Uh, and now it's back on, I think, Disney. Disney Plus. It's yeah. Yeah, just just gone over there. Yeah. But the production value that went into it, and we're all talking about the one-minute fight. Or the, was it the one-shot? Corridor shot, fight. Scenes. The corridor fight yeah. scene, which was, I don't know how long that took to, sh- to shoot, but it was absolutely stellar. stellar.
0: This was bringing the one-shot fight scene to television. This pioneered it. Yeah, I agree. This created, we'd never seen anything like it on television before. To say nothing beyond Charlie Cox is excellent as Matt Murdock. Oh, he is. And then the real standout, though, I'm, I'm sorry, but these shows where the villains are arguably better than the heroes mm-hmm. are really what sells brilliant comics. Infinity War is good because it focuses on Thanos. Yep. Agreed Not completely. On everything else. Black Panther is great. Good, great. Yeah, yeah. Because it's got a great antagonist. Michael B. Jordan, exactly. Michael B. Jordan. Vincent Noffio as Dino. Wilson Fisk is second to none. That's why it's so cool. So Vincent D'Onofrio to me was the guy from
1: Law & Order whatever it was. Or was it Law S- no. Special Victims? Special victims yeah, yeah, right? And to me back then he was skinny. Not skinny, but thin. <laughs> and um, now for him to be to be this size, right? And this imposing and he's, he's talking like this. But in a way that you can buy and the fact that like they made his character, he's gone on to Punisher, and he kicks yep. the Punisher's
0: ass. Why? Because he's just that Well, the Punisher comes into this show in season two. That was That's introduction. Right. People forget that. They That's think oh Punisher is right. no you but he was in Dead Devil season mm-hmm. two first. And then we That's had right. Electra. Electra? A good version thereof. She's hot. That's not all that matters English hot man but She she dies at the end Of Mm, season 2 Spoilers And (laughs) No one cares cares. Five years later Sort of But maybe she'll be resurrected I haven't seen season 3 Maybe that plays out there I'm not sure Yeah The weakest part of this show Was Fuzzy And that Jessica
1: woman like the yeah, like, Deborah Ann Wall. Debra, yeah, was her, was I, those two actor. were crap. I was like, "Fuck this shit!" That was a bad move. But you know what? Are you gonna do? It's fine. Those the, those are the reasons why I those are things I didn't like about it. But those are two of the otherwise things that otherwise are awesome because it was. And Charlie Cox, I'm so glad he's tech. He's well, formally they, they formally in the MCU after Spider Man. Yeah, I hope
0: he comes back. I hope we get a Daredevil movie. I Dude. hope we get a Daredevil like him popping up in Avengers and whatever else. Now that that would be brilliant. I guess what I've delayed it for because I know that season 3 is the end because we don't get any more of that and mm. from what I hear it wasn't a conclusive bam great ending I'm honestly trying to remember it I, I can't remember but it. I know that he got injured badly at the end of, se- of the Defenders season and so he spends a whole bunch of episodes lying in a bed at the start of season 3 so I'm like I'll get to it I'm going to I love the first two seasons didn't love the Defenders that was really average
1: oh god the Defenders have you seen that? Yeah, I watched it. Holy shit. Because it, it had
0: iron shit in it. Well, it had all of them. It had yeah, but Luke it was, Cage and Jessica Jones and, it was and just, as you say, iron shit. There's
1: a couple of good scenes, but as a rule, it was like, ugh. It, it was, was just, disappointing. Yeah, it's disappointing. So, But Daredevil itself, I think I had not treated uh, a superhero series so seriously until I saw that it could do this. So that's why it was so yeah. cool. Good and, stuff. Yeah.
0: Stephen DeKnight was uh, one of the showrunners and did a really great job. All right, Childish. back to you. Number six.
1: All right. My number 6 is Paul's going to hate this that is a bit of a head okay cuz Paul is uh, in case anyone doesn't know Paul is a, a clinician he's a he's a shrink professional, what do you call yourself psychologist psychologist okay what do so I <laughs> psychologist. what do I call myself Paul Paul Now number 6 is Tony Robbins I am not your guru. That is a is a documentary on Netflix which I've never seen it so oh, Okay I have so to reserve my judgment. All right. Now everyone just a little insight to myself here. I am something of a self-help bitch. Um, I read a lot of books of that type, uh, a lot of audio books, that type of thing. Anthony Robbins, I've always liked his stuff. I don't agree with every single thing he says, but this TV show looks behind the scenes of his mammoth... He has a Date with Destiny seminar, which is attended by over 2,500 people in Florida every year he does it. Wow. Yeah, and it's been sort of like, until you pay the $5,000 and fly there for a ticket... You don't know what it's like. But everyone says you it changes your life. Now, this show actually shows you what happens in those things. And he asks a lot of great questions. He he challenges people to be more. Everyone's a certain type of person. I don't actually like this A-type Gary V personality, which is, gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta hustle. I hate that stuff. But what's good about this show is that it shows you his... He's actually... He curses like a sailor, even though (sighs) he's... his uh his you know, audiobooks and stuff he doesn't curse at all he interesting, it, yeah, and so he does you know he's got a bunch of techniques, a bunch of tech, but what's cool about the show is it shows you people that he interacts with, but then it shows you them a year later and says, okay, did any of the shit that he talked about yeah, actually take yeah you yeah, know yeah. and post, the post analysis yeah, and what happens is there it's it's it does show you it doesn't happen every single time, and of course you're dealing with humans here, so nothing's going to you know hundred percent strike rate or whatever but it actually does allow you to learn at least about yourself. I think that it's a worthwhile thing to watch. And uh, ironically, does anyone else think that Tony Robbins looked like Jaws from the old James Bond movie? He's a large-headed man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it, you can believe, though, that his agenda is, yes, he he's getting rich off these people but I do... Th- he actually does, There's a girl who actually comes and throws a bit of a curveball. He's talking to her. She talks in front of these 2,000 people because he just picks people out of the audience. And she reveals that she was in a cult where the, the cult leader forces women to have sex with him. And she just breaks down in front of everyone. And he deals with it so fucking well. Because he's like... Well, you should be able to.
0: You have to have those skills. You have to be able to respond appropriately. Oh, it was amazing. That.
1: And I was like, kind of almost crying myself just listening to it. And then you see him do this and you see her sort of just perk up and then they check in with her a year later because he actually goes and says I always wonder whether this stuff's planted I agree completely and who knows but uh, given that it was like you can actually track these yeah you're right they could have been have I don't think they you were actors. you
0: have to there's no way to prove it yeah,
1: yeah but what he does is he goes I want you to look around and just look at men in the audience that you think you might trust just let them nod at you you guys I want you to check in on her like once every couple of months or something like that. And they actually did all check in on I know, it's an odd thing. Mm. But if you look at the way it was executed, it does actually sort of make sense. And it was just kind of affirming. Okay. I know, I know. It sounds a bit weird, but check out the show because it's, it's it's quite intensely-
0: yeah, You lost uh, me the last part, I have to say.
1: Uh, yeah, look, you'd have to see it. I'm probably giving it a bad rap. But yeah, check it out. It is enthralling.
0: All right, my number five is film that Wayne hates. It's fucking explicably, because you're an idiot. What, 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 It's the night comes for us. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> arguably the equal second best action film to come out of Asia in the last twenty years. Korean yes. Behind Nope, this is uh Indonesian. Indo. It's directed by Timo Shahansho, who also did the co-directed the excellent VHS two horror scene. Safe house, I think it's called, or mm-hmm. Safe Haven. I can't remember which one it was. It's got Ike always and Joe Taslam, who are the stars of
1: uh, of The raid.
0: raid. Yep. And this one is The Raid basically represented as... Joe Taslam is this guy who saves a girl who's supposed to die according to what his underworld gangland bomb losses want. And then they just when he doesn't kill her and tries to protect her, they send every assassin slash gang member to kill him. And so there's a whole bunch of side characters who are mildly fleshed out after they're identifiable But what matters enough is that Ike Oasis is his old friend who is his big number one against. So he's a villain in this movie. Hmm. And what ensues is bloodthirsty greatness with some of the best fighting ever put to film. I think ever, but definitely in the last 20th century. And Wayne, for some reason, fucking hates this movie.
1: Okay, here's what happened, everyone, okay? It is, in terms of plot development and things like that, you know, I don't care about that. I, I don't mind a simple movie if it's good, right? If it's entertaining. It is good, and it is wonderfully entertaining. Here's the problem that I had with it, and it's probably not that I hate the film, but the fight scenes are shit. No, no, right? They're, not, they're shit, everyone. Idiot. They're fucking shit, all right? If you look what? at the fight scenes in this What? Show, <laughs> No. I know. I'm looking at them going, this doesn't work like The Raid. The Raid is a fight oh. scene where you know what's going on and you see everything. If you've watched both
0: films, you know Wayne's this, on fucking drugs.
1: This here doesn't sell the same way at all. And I actually kind of recoiled at a couple of moments going, that was a bad decision. That was a bad decision. And there were too many of these in a row for me to actually buy into the film. That's what it was. And you know about you know me and choreography and you know, I'm all about it and stuff
0: Look, like that. You, you've trained as a fighter. It doesn't
1: mean that I know what makes good
0: film. But so it I, does, I can't compare to that. But when I watch this film, I'm enthralled yes, by how good it something looks. Something bugged me. And the, the fight scenes are. And the last fight scene between Joe Taslim and Iko Ace mm-hmm. is just astounding. I think it made my top ten fight scenes of all time. We did that episode. This guy directed another film called Headshot with Iko Uwais as well mm-hmm. which is also really really good and really bloodthirsty. You have to be on that end of the spectrum if it's you don't like blood don't watch it.
1: No, it doesn't bother me so much because I think that is what sold you and maybe was like so ho hum
0: to me, but the fight that yeah it was the choreography But even I his mates, he's got mates and whatever and then they stand up because shit where the our, our backs are to the wall we have to fight now and than the two chick fight like every fight in this movie. I was like, "Wow, this is just a astounding." I, I, I wish I could
1: remember exactly what turned me off about it, but I remember thinking to myself, it wasn't necessarily the choreography itself; it was the filming thereof. I'm not sure. I have to look at it again, but okay. I remember going, "I don't, I don't I, I,
0: yeah." I, you yeah. know, in in one of the, I'd say it's one of the top ten most disparate we've ever been on. Yeah, film. probably, probably. In, in seven <laughs> years of doing this, it just blows my mind. You you will like shit, like absolute shit, like Mile Twenty Two, but yet. Shit on the <laughs>
1: I forgot about that one. Uh, good stuff.
0: All right. That's my number five.
1: Cool. My number five is Narcos, people. Narcos. Yeah.
0: I had this on my honorable mentions because I really loved season one. I liked season two. Didn't bother with season three.
1: Well, if you, uh, I can't even actually, well, I think um, I'm trying to remember here, but obviously, this is the story of, of Pablo Escobar, everyone. And what gets me about this thing and why it's this high on my list is that. I remember watching all of it, all the three seasons. I'm not talking about Narcos Mexico. That's a whole different thing as far as I'm concerned. Yes,
0: I only watched the first season of that one. Yeah, and that that wasn't
1: terrible, but it wasn't the same. No. So after having watched it and being impressed by it, I accidentally let it play again or whatever. Are you still watching Netflix? Whatever. And I remember watching it again, uh, maybe like a year later, because it was so... Easy to watch. Something about the 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 cinematography of Medellin at the time it's and like Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook and Pedro Pascal. I is yes. And, and uh, what's the guy's name? Walter I something. Hang on. Wagner Wag- Mura. Sorry, Mura. Yeah. Something about it makes it really one easy to watch for a druggish story like this. But I also found it really really enthralling that they could make the guy who played the Wagner guy playing Pablo Escobar is somehow, even though he's a pudgy guy to reflect the actual character, really, really intensely kind of watchable, shall we say. And the entire show is like that. Even
0: the two cops and everything. Well they make a really good point of of, of emphasising that, that Pablo Escobar, he yeah, he was a, a villain and a and a criminal and a drug lord, mm. whatever, but he was also good to his people. Yes and that's why that's the dichotomy of the
1: idea of Mm -hmm. Pablo Escobar I think that's why he's continued to be sort of interesting yes he basically invented cocaine (laughs) he didn't invent cocaine but he popularized it or distributed it but he as a character he is
0: still interesting to watch And and he gave back like he didn't want people in his circle he didn't want Homeless people in his town. He, he wanted to try and improve everyone's life because of what he was doing. It wasn't just about just lining his pockets. Hmm.
1: And the fact that he makes his own compound and pretty much like you know he really overran this Colombian. I'm not.
0: I'm not defending drug lords. No, <laughs> no, no. But saying like, that, he was a bit more nuanced than most.
1: It's a story that is good. So, um, and again, I honestly think the the star here is really the cinematography because uh, the way it's shot is
0: good somehow yeah. great. So there you go. Maybe I did. Yeah, I get mixed up between Narcos Mexico. It's very hard to remember all the fucking shows we watched for sure. This where? one's like 2015, 2017. So yeah, yeah. yeah all right, nice. That was on my own my, my number four is arguably, I think, the peak of Mike Flanagan's career. Mike Flanagan being a guy who's done a lot of adaptations of various bits and pieces, and this is the haunting of Hill House. I knew this would be on your list. Oh my god, this show was so good. Yeah, we're really my top four just separated from everything else, mm. and we've already heard one of them, which will yeah, where, yeah. where it lands. But if not for the final episode being a little bit rote, mm. a little bit predictable, a little bit kind of didn't didn't nail the final landing, this would have could have been. My number one, and if not, absolutely my number two.
1: Speaking of poor TV memory, I remember something similar. This is a definite om- om- mention for me, and for a while it was on my list. Obviously, it wasn't going to be as high as yours, because I'm not horror boy. No, I love horror. Yep. However, I will tell you that the the thing where, you know, like, if you look back on the show and you see ghosts, oh, ghosts everywhere. everywhere. Hidden
0: ghosts. Where were Holy they? Shit. I didn't go back and see them,
1: but uh, the I idea did. that that was there. Was like did. That's I, cool. And I was fun. starting to
0: notice them the further we went the show. Really? Yeah, that was the great thing about it. And I, I remember going four or five episodes into this, I think eight episodes, so maybe it's ten, and checking online, like, oh, yeah, the hidden ghosts you haven't seen in... Was, the was it, like, just else. people in the background? Is that how it was? Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes they were in the corner of a shot. Sometimes they were standing right... In, next to something as the camera pans across. That's visionary. Oh my God. To do that That's such show. a good idea. Yeah. Gives it such rewatchability which I haven't done, I will admit. No, me neither. And, I th- and if I did, I'd be looking out for that whole thing. But we watch so much content for this show, it's very hard to dedicate another 10 hours to what you've already I watched. Uh, yeah, I, look,
1: I'll probably never watch it again but I appreciate that someone went to the trouble of doing that and even the
0: tone of the and show. It, especially when you go to YouTube and just type in show me all the ghosts in, in the haunting of your house and it just shows you them. Oh, that's what I'll do then. So, yes. uh, uh, Beside that, the episode six, which I can't remember, Two Storms is what it's called. Mm -hmm. That episode is presented as one shot. Is it? Oh, yes. I remember that. And it's long takes with the edits, you know, hidden as we glide past a camera, a a wall and whatever else. But it's so, it's the pinnacle of what I've seen on TV, what you can do. It is that, you know, where their production assistants run in and move walls and they fly around. Oh, that's cool. And that should happen. so cool.
1: That is really cool. So, it's
0: technically great. It has... Undeniably, some of the greatest jump scares I've seen in my life. Mm, This show. Probably what what there's one. There is one where a dead character protrudes her head through the middle of a of a heated conversation with two other characters in a car to scream at them. Which made my wife scream so loud and knock my drink out of my hand (laughs) that I literally said to her, You cannot react that way. The neighbors will call the police. (laughs) Yeah. That was the absolute someone's conversation killing their with, in there. Yes. They will say he's... Someone's murdering someone in their mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. And then you got to fucking explain why she's tied
1: up. I know. It's like... It's- <laughs> this day. This day, yes.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. No, look. Uh, fair. I knew this would be on your list, so I'm all good with Love that. Love this show. It's so good. and And maybe, maybe it would be one or two spots higher, if not for the haunting of Bly Manor which is fucking terrible
1: this is what I think so that's is this an anthology series and that was the second one in, or is this a whole equal
0: completely unrelated but they have the same actors with the Mm. same creative team behind it and the the haunting of Bly Manor is fucking boring what's up with that it's not scary at all it is a drama masquerading as a horror it is everything the haunting of Hill House is not and people who get behind it are just blind as far as I'm concerned David Power talking to you (laughs) <laughs> and I've refused to watch Midnight Mass as a result because I just can't bring myself. I'm so burned by By Manor, but Hill House remains high in my estimation and number four high. That's where we're landing. Nice one. Well, my number four is where I put Daredevil. So let's go with you for your number. My number three is where I have Stranger Things. Woo, Lou. Yeah. Look, <laughs> <okay. laughs> um, fair are, enough, bro. It probably would be higher if not for season four being just not as good. And that's the one I've been left with. I literally finished watching yesterday. You can hear our massive review. Yep, it'll be a forty-five ish 40, 50 forty-fifty-minute review coming later this week. If you're listening to this at the time of drop, but and we'll get into it all there. But I think, I think it's a dip in quality for season four for me overall. Okay, but it's a cultural phenomenon. It has for seven years existed as the forefront of the. Netflix literally, the shows? reason
1: to buy to 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 sign up to Netflix so
0: much so that we talked about this on the episode on the review episode and not to not to spoil things there except to say that uh, again, according to our good friends Dan and Caleb over at the Netflix and Swill podcast, they drop seven episodes on may twenty seventh and not and two more episodes on July first. you have to extend your membership of Netflix by and at least one extra month to get it, yep. And they know people will do it because yep. this show will bring them in.
1: Absolutely. Um, this Okay, look, I think that the one of the reasons that if you're a hater or something is that because the show was such a cultural phenomenon and there's so much talk of it's the Goonies except in now and it's more horror-y and yada, yada, yada. All those things are true, okay? Uh, but what I think puts it to where I put it on my list is that it's still enjoyable. Yes, you, you maintain that the fourth season took a dip. It's still, it, it is, but it's still enjoyable. Yeah. I didn't hate my time. I wasn't like, oh,
0: for fuck's sake, fucking Stranger Things. Four seasons,
1: for it to go, yes. still be going strong, even though that last season is longer than D's nuts, is that it, it's undeniably a quality production. And my, so, my
0: literal last note is to maintain such consistency over sport. Four, four spread out seasons is quite the feat.
1: Absolutely. And so I think that, um, I don't know if, the, I can't remember why I bought Netflix. But I remember that this was in my head when it's like, look, you got to watch this thing. So, there you are. And I'm still a Netflix guy, everyone. So, there you are.
0: Creates some great memorable characters that we care about. We really want to succeed. Mm-hmm. And some great side characters as well. And then, you know, it has, yeah, kills off the occasional special guest character that generally you've come to care about as well. So, mm. well done, Stranger Things. And that's why it's one of three.
1: I think Millie Bobby Brown is a revelation. I, w- I was going to piss you off and put Enola Holmes on this sh- on this list, but I didn't.
0: I never watched it, so I couldn't. Oh, yeah? No.
1: Oh, she's she's delightful. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, yep. there you are. I know All it's right. also
0: got uh, your favourite Henry Cavill in it too.
1: Yeah, jacked off a bit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's your number three, sir? My number three is where I put Squid Game. Low. Low. I thought so. <laughs> Okay, as if anyone didn't know, Squid Game is about, it's a a Korean show, and it's about this divorced father, he's an indebted gambler, he lives with his elderly mother, he's invited to play a series of children's games for a chance at a large cash prize, so he accepts the offer, he's taken to this weird island in an unknown location, and he finds himself among 455 other players who are also in deep financial trouble, but of course they didn't realize in signing up that if you lose the game, you get killed! And then it becomes this kind of show where I resisted watching it for a long time because of what I call Netflix cinema. <laughs> Until I said, fucking, you will watch it. Yes, We're doing I believe show. that was it. Yes, um, because often- <laughs> Not <when> like that.
0: <laughs> well, Although I wish I could. Wasn't
1: unlike that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but when when the, a show becomes, like I said with Stranger Things, when it becomes like, hey, Phenomenal. you gotta watch this, I tend to get
0: a bit like, oh, you know, shit. Do I have to watch this? Is everyone so you? Hook this is bo- hilarious because you are the fucking populist. I I will watch every bitch. mainstream, everything ever.
1: Absolutely. But for some reason... I will reason, mainline
0: it into my mainstream veins.
1: Well, I think this isn't mainstream by virtue of the fact that it's foreign. Oh, God.
0: Um, and I'm... <laughs> the most watched show in Netflix history. Is now, that... maybe Stranger Things Season 4 will beat it. Yeah. But as of the time of recording... Is it the most popular? By a country fucking mile.
1: Well... This is the thing. I hope that when they when they come back with presumably season 2.
0: Yes, um, it's been greenlit. Okay, that they actually, And I'll do you one better Wayne. Yeah. It's not only been greenlit season 2 of Squid Squid Game and the creator is going away to make it now. Yeah. Is is I believe as we are speaking, mm. maybe not literally the second, but he is working on that now. Okay. They are also doing a Squid Games reality show. <sighs> just for Netflix.
1: <laughs> See, this kind of shit makes me not watch it, okay?
0: Well this They're not going to kill people, but they will eliminate people for a massive cash prize.
1: I fucking hate that. Right? I fucking hate that. It's a drama. Oh you probably watch
0: it, but um Especially if they pretend to kill them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, then it's not a game. okay. See,
0: I don't I think it's just be like, you're out. That'll be hilarious. People, boom, 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 <laughs> boom. I, I would love to see. I would love to see this reality show. Okay, so like the Phil, like the TV yeah. show, you're allowed to basically bully people out of the that's show, right? Which is any
1: reality show anyway. So you uh, know, but but more more fluid and you know what it is, Floor it. Paul likes Survivor, and so I, I do think like so, this. Either. Is that's what's going on here? I think <laughs> this is the Korean Survivor. <laughs> Except people I don't like, know if it's Korean or, or if they're doing it like. That's a really good point. I yeah, don't, yeah, around no the world
0: idea. or in America, I'm not sure. So, mm. anyway, back to the show.
1: Yeah, but anyway, but that, that's I, well, that's what it was. I didn't expect to like Squid Game so much, and I was like, I can't believe I can't stop watching this thing. Um, if it I was can, amazing,
0: if I can now weigh in, yeah, mesmerizing is how I'd describe this show,
1: and surprisingly I, so.
0: I think the actors are excellent, and it's always hard to judge acting in a different language, but they well, really resonate. I think everyone in this role. They're so memorable. They are so memorable. and it's, it's Not their names because it's, we don't speak their language all the time. Song Ki-hoon is the only one I know because I wrote it down. Yeah.
1: But they, what I hope they do for the second season is that I hear from Korean native speakers that the subtitles are ass and it was still compelling. I hope that they actually hire a better guy for the subtitles
0: sure. this time, which I'm sure they will because they didn't just co-op this. So binge-worthy. I watched this when I was going on holiday last year and I had it on. The first episode was good. It's not great. It's like, oh, then they're they're out in the show and they, they release everyone because they play by their rules. I'm like, oh, that's intriguing. That's different. How do we get them back in now? Exactly. That yeah. was cool. That right. drew me in. And then then they really are. And they do kill off characters they establish. You, know, you think, oh, they'll bitch out and find a way a la fucking piece of shit Hunger Games. <laughs> but they don't. They they literally follow this through to their one being one survivor. Well, that's what I think. Like, what are they going to do for
1: season two? Clearly, it's about spoilers. Him going after the big whatever the... Well, it could
0: be, or do they just... Is it a whole different game somewhere else? Because the heavy implication is by by English-speaking backers and investors, this happens around the world. Are we doing that? Is the the cop guy who you think's dead, is he going to be alive still? Mm. Is that thread dead? Obviously, it's got to involve our, gotta come back, our main mate. character. He's got. It's got to be about him. At some, even if he comes in late the season to influence things, I don't know.
1: See, this is a writing challenge because mm. if you're going to create, it's essentially like doing a whole new show again, except for the, for the couple. Some of people guys, hated
0: right? that. I hated that he didn't just go to his daughter and live out his life as a rich motherfucker, having won this. But then you have no show. Yeah. So, well, yeah. no, I'm sure you could. You start again. If it'd be a boring show. Would be the same. I agree. I agree. So, so I cannot wait, and I'm I'm totally down to watch this reality show. Lol.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see how, what happens when that comes out let's see if it happens on the show
0: is that was your three that was my three my number two is last dance
1: last dance Oh, well, my number two it's House of Cards. Oh! Now, this is, I know, unpopular with the Never Kevin Spacey thing, but forget that shit, okay? This is an ad- adaptation of a 1990 BBC series called House of Cards with uh, Doctor Who in it. and Which um, Doctor Who? Uh, the guy with the grey hair. Uh, Peter Capaldi? Yes. Yep. Now, this is about Democratic House Majority Whip, Frank Underwood, Kevin Spacey, and, his, and basically his quest for power with his wife, Claire Robin Wright, And obviously this time it's set in America and the Cabinet of Congressional Conspirators. And I will say this, the opening to season two is probably the most explosive season two opening I've ever seen in terms of what happens. And I think, I will say in fairness, towards the end of the show, it does take a few liberties where it's like, whoa, it's a little slightly too dramatic, but they were trying to get there. I will also say that after the Kevin Spacey shit, the last season was like, they killed him. They just killed him off. And they said... And it was about yeah, Claire. Well, they had to, yeah. They had to, right?
0: Well, I had to write him out. Why
1: yeah, him? and the one failing of this show is that... Look, I don't know how you recover from that, but the first two episodes of the last season, which was only about Claire, it was still good. I remember
0: writing down going... Yeah, but it fell off a cliff, right? Man, it just sucked fat, <laughs> hairy dick. Wow, so it must be so good before that to get your number two.
1: I think that this was the reason I kept on with my Netflix subscription. That's how good it was. I couldn't stop watching this thing, and it will be, saved for the last season... One of the most compelling shows okay. I had ever seen, I still consider it an enthralling wicked show, even knowing that it ends like a turd.
0: So that's my number two. Wow, again, I I'm know s- I'm shocked whereas I I, I put things down. All right, well, to run you through my list and then give you my number one, which you've already heard us talk about my number 10 is Icarus, nine Annihilation, eight Beasts of No Nation, seven Black Summer, six Marvel's Daredevil, five The Night Comes For Us, four The Haunting of Hill House, three Stranger Things, two. The Last Dance. My number one, Squid Games. Squid Games. Nice one. My number 10 was Tiger
1: King. Nine, Extraction Word. B- eight, <laughs> Bird Box. Seven, The Last Dance. Six, no. <laughs> Tony Robbins, I'm Not Your Guru. Uh Five, Narcos. Four, Daredevil. Three, Squid Games. Two, House of Cards. And my number one was Stranger Things, man.
0: There we are. That's it's our Stranger Things. list. Wayne, just give us a rundown. We won't talk about them. Your honorable mention, sir. Cool. Uh Uncut Gems. Trial
1: of Chicago 7. You should all check out Attack of the Hollywood Clichés.
0: It's got Rob Lowe in it. It's yeah, really yeah, funny. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, marriage Story was great. Santa Clarita Diet. And Dead to Me.
0: Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, I it. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. watched well, everything. Okay. Uh, my honor mentions are likewise The Trial of the Chicago 7, The Mitchells vs. Machines, Auntie Don- Donners, not Dongers, Big Donner, <laughs> Big Ol' House of Fun, nice. The Babysitter, Love, Death and Robots, which I just haven't seen a few seasons Yeah, I, I haven't yeah, well, I've seen a my, bit of it. A- snuck onto my list. And Ozark is my last.
1: You know what? Ozark is one of those shows where I know it's good. I know it's worth watching, and I, for one reason or another, I just never continued, and I never get back onto it. But I know it's a good show.
0: Yeah I, I, look, have you this, seen all? yeah, I have watched the whole thing. Watched the last episode not that long ago. My wife loves this show. This would be high on her list if she was to give us her top ten. Mm. I just don't. I can't recommend it enough to say you have to watch it. It's good, mostly. Pretty boring through season three, by my estimation. Season yeah, okay. four brings it home. Okay. I don't love the, the conclusion, but that's just me.
1: Who's the lead character again? What's his actor? Jason. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Did you know that his agent um, bullied him into Teen Wolf 2? <laughs> it's a really funny story. Keep going. Anyway, so yeah, nice one.
0: That's it for me. All right, what about yours? we wrap, wrap up every episode of the of the countdown with the topic on hand with your feedback of it? It's called The Pop 10. Talk about Pop 10! Talk about Pop 10! week's Pop 10 with Chris Sutherland, who said here are his top three Netflix originals. The Adam Project. Oh, yeah. Extraction. Calm down. Port, still great. Well, yeah! there you go. There might be a vote for you, Wayne. What up, and brog. Space Sweepers. Seriously, this movie is a lot of fun. It's good. Space Sweepers? I watched it. It's Car- Sweepers. Sweepers. It's a Korean film. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, it's three stars. I'm not sure what you're talking oh, about, about there, Chris. Sam Hurley said The Witcher, from the movies in 20Q's podcast, by the way. At number three. Jessica Jones, whoa, at number two at number one, you can tell he's a Marvel fanboy, Daredevil. Daredevil. Jonathan Kidd said, Defy Bloods at number three, Wayne's favourite. <laughs> this is one of Spike Lee's best movies. Well,
1: probably is, but he should.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. I will not get zero votes this week. Number two, Dolomite is my name. Netflix made Eddie Murphy cool again. That's a good one. Actually, no, should I, have on I one one it, yeah. should have been on I thought about it. Yeah, It's a good choice. Good choice. Sorry, sir. And number one, Stranger Things. I feel like you will explain this better than I will. So I'll just say that Hopper deserves better than Winona. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh damn! <Are> you
0: <laughs> hey, she reality bats, hard. baby. She.
1: Oh damn.
0: Okay, David Power, patron extraordinaire. It's uh, basically top three is pretty much impossible. Then he gave his top three. <laughs> Sensate at number three Haunting the House at number two And then By Country Mile at number one A show I've never watched The OA I've only heard of it Which I just assume is a very close cousin to the OC
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> Isn't OA
0: hey! that Paul
1: really <laughs> liked that one, everyone <laughs> <laughs> Paul found himself very amusing that I time I like
0: that one <laughs> <laughs> All fans of the OA are like Fuck this show, delete <laughs> Yeah, uh, anyway, moving on. Jonathan Lambs, so I love this topic. The O.A. again at number three. Whoop. First is one of my favorite sci-fi shows. Emery Cohen, Britt Marley, and Jason Isaacs are all fantastic in this. Number two, the Stranger Things, the OG that made retro TV shows movies cool again. Sure. Good call. Number one, Dark, So show I have to watch. What's that? Hands down, the best sci-fi drama show ever made, impeccably casted, shot, and scripted. If you haven't seen this yet, you must. I think it's a German show. Dark. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Thank you, Jonathan. Samuel Joseph said The Witcher at number three because Henry Cavill Wayne understands.
1: I do understand. This says Witcher didn't work
0: for me. I'm sorry. Damn. Number two, money highest. Only when watched in Spanish because the dubs are fucked. They are fucked. Good call. And number one, Stranger Things. Whoever had this high gets the vote, which I think you had a high. What was it?
1: Uh, one. Okay, then.
0: So it's a legitimate vote from Samuel for you because otherwise, it's less is poor because Wayne voting block. <laughs> Matt Evans said making a murder at number three, Mm. a crime doco. Mm -hmm. Number two, Evil Genius, a crime doco. Number one, Stranger Things. So there you go. Chris Mm. Yeaney had La Casa de Papel. I think it's House of Cards. Okay. No, House of Paper. House of Paper. Number two, Mitchell's Versus machines. Machine, number one, Bojack Horseman. Really? I, never watched I have, that show. I've heard a lot about it, never saw it. Well, it's one of Dan's favourite shows from Netflix. Well, again, Joel Zabara said Lucifer at number three, Sex Education at number two, would yeah, absolutely on my wife's list. Good call. And number one, A Series of Unfortunate Events. Yeah. I've not seen that one. No, neither have I. Smiley Somani, mate to the show, and I said uh, Netflix had some bangers, uh, which they then cancelled two seasons in because viewers' numbers plateaued. So, number three, Sense8, cancelled just a second season release, so so much potential lost. Number two, Russian Doll, came out of nowhere, just brilliant. And number one, Happy, an angry Angry man is his imaginary friend. What's not to love?
1: I've heard about that one. Nice.
0: Yeah. Krista DiCaro said, got to go with Twitch TV picks and narrow it down for myself. Number three, The Queen's Gambit. I still got to get to that, man. Have you seen it? I uh, watched the first couple episodes. That's for you. It didn't grab me. Okay. I totally All get right. why people it. I got to see it. that. Number two, The Witcher. Number one, Stranger Things. And the last word of the day goes to Jake Humphrey, who said, number three, Nightstalker. This is the epitome of the Netflix crime doc, and the info-pacing interviews are all spectacular. Number two, Midnight Mass. Mike Flanagan joint, and I can confidently say, the best modern vampire story. Hmm. And number one, Haunting of Hill House. Mike Flanagan is my favorite creator as of late, and this is why this show has everything from top to bottom, and each episode is worthy of high praise. I watch this series every year. Around Halloween. There you go. There we are. That's your feedback on the topic at hand. Sorry if we didn't get to you. Thank you to everyone for their feedback this week. It was ginormous and awesome. We really, truly, greatly appreciate it. Wayne, what's happening next week for episode 380 of the Countdown Movie Interviews Reviews podcast?
1: This is a show um, presented by one of our superfans, Adam Milieu. Yes. Yeah,
0: so this is a top-level Patreon request, and he said, let's do the Battle of the Directors. So here it is. This is going to be this fucking this is going to be hard. fucking ball time. Right. I don't know how sure we're going to put this in a title to to encourage new <laughs> listeners to I the show. I have No idea. So he said, "Here are the auteurs that you have to pick between Spielberg, mm-hmm. Nolan, no Wayne. Shit. Take us the other two: Tarantino and Jim Cameron." Wow. There's not even
1: we have to do a top forty. Fuck. I Adam, don't know. you've
0: you've made this impossible. It's going to be really difficult. So there we are. That's next week's show. There. Directed films only, so it probably works out to be, I don't know how many Spielberg's directed, but Nolan's only done like eight or nine, Tarantino's mm. done literally nine, Cameron probably less than that, mm. and I'm going to say Spielberg 25, so we've probably only got a, got about 50 films to choose from, mm. but what a list.
1: Yep, that's going to be tough.
0: All right, Wayne, give us the details now, people can get in touch with us and give us some feedback on the show.
1: Our first draft website is thecountdownpodcast.com, <laughs> is that right? It is. Okay. Well done. Or you Bitch, could, <laughs> please. Or you could just Google us, find our socials, uh, or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com.
0: We're on Podbean, where we host the show, like and follow us there. Check out the Facebook list community, which we mention all the time, and that's where all the feedback comes from. And really, importantly, that is it, except for one thing, very important, when we all most forgot. That's right. Do you know what's also original about my balls? What is that, Paul? <laughs> Like, Good Net- like Netflix, it's been shorn, to the except for Stranger Things Season 4, it's been cut to the bone. <laughs> Not to the bone, that would Some be would wrong. Someone say Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> shorn uh. of- My balls. My balls is what I'm talking about. My balls are smooth because of the excellent, excellent efforts from the boffins at Manscaped, which we have partnered with to promote their Lawnmower 4. 4.0 and indeed the performance package where you can get the Lawnmower 4.0 the nose and ear hair trimmer, the ball spritzer, the ball toner. The Wicked Bag. The, the bag Wicked Top Kit. And the uh, wireless charging. And finally, the Boxer Shorts. Now, they've also released a brand new Boxers 2.0, which just arrived in my mail this week. Wayne, guess what I'm wearing right now. Really? How's your balls? Which are making your eyeballs separate from my thighs. Fantastic, because you walked over here, so it would have been a bit of a sweaty affair. I walked affair. twice over here, because I almost fucking forgot <laughs> to do something I needed to do for the show. So, yeah. Oh, and how are they? They are dry as a bone. Really? I look <laughs> no, forward no to a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so what I'm saying to you is CDPC20, Wayne, is yes. tell us how our good, good friends at Manscaped are support listeners off the county.
1: That's right. Go to manscaped.com. Whenever you buy, whatever you buy, you put in CDPC20 at the checkout, and you get 20% off with free shipping, even to fucking Australia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you should definitely switch that out, people. Your balls will thank you. I'll thank you. I'll thank your balls. How about that?
0: I will thank your balls personally. If you can get yourself to Perth, Australia and ask for the tour of my balls (laughs) via Wayne.
1: Let me get my knee pads out.
0: Thank you to everybody who's already supported us in the show and getting a pack of this, which is uh, more than a, a bunch of people. I have a bunch to say. of folks. Thank you so really. much. for I love all your balls, everyone. I'm sure I love them. I also love them, but not in the way that one he's talking about. That's right. Great. Excellent. Thank you so much again to Manscaped for putting this together for us. And that is it this week for The Countdown. Episode 397. 79 in the bag. Sorry, not jumping ahead. 18 episode 19, eight, whatever the fuck it Who is. 18, 18. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. It's been a long enough episode. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. This is the episode that Paul brought you, everyone. We'll catch you next what time. See ya. <laughs>